0: You are listening to the Krika Lecture Series podcast, produced by the Center for Russia, East Europe, and Central Asia at the University of Wisconsin Madison. This and other Krika podcasts are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. For more information about Krika's lecture series and public events, visit our website at krika.wisc.edu. Okay, so uh, welcome everyone. I'm glad to see everyone uh, back for the continuation of our lecture series for the Central Eurasian Studies Summer Institute. I'm delighted um, to introduce today's speaker, Dr. Gulnoza Adilova. Um, Gulnoza is head of the Department of Theory and Practice of Translation at Tashkent State University of Uzbek Language and Literature. Gulnoza teaches courses in the theory and practice of translation from Uzbek to English and introduction to translation studies and fiction translation. She is also a poet and a translator of poetry and prose. Her talk today, and if you're not already hungry at four in the afternoon, I guarantee you, you will be by the end, her talk today is on food discourse in contemporary Uzbek literature. Um, And just as another side note, I'm grateful for our former Ph.D. student, our Ph.D. alumna Anna Oldfield um, who uh, recommended uh, Gulnoza uh, to us. So please help me give a warm Wisconsin welcome to Gulnoza. Assalamu
1: alaikum. Hello everybody. uh, thank you very much for coming my lecture, and thank you to Ceci, especially Ka- Kelly Akabazi, for inviting me here and giving me a chance, uh, sharing my doctoral research. Uh, we have two degrees, you know, after PhD, now I'm complying DS degree, and this is one of the chapters of my doctoral research. And, um, I have great chance to share it with you and have s- some discussions at the end of the lecture so uh, let's begin uh, at the beginning of my lecture I it's food discourse and you may get hungry just open and share Uzbek right <laughs> here you can share it <laughs> so let's begin um, The title of my lecture is Food Discourse in Contemporary Uzbek Literature. As humanity has been developing, finding food has been the problem of life and death since ancient times. Food is an indivisible part of the human beings and the culture they live in. The specific features of the national kitchen can be retained the ancient roots of uh, this or that nation's culture. When a person has some food of another culture, another nation, he's unconsciously engaged in intercultural communication. As American scientists Cara Killing and Scott Pollard state, if uh, the food is considered a substance in literature, a milestone in culture and civilization, then it's also a source of fundamental research for literature studies. In the process of intercultural communication, food and eating serve as means as for perceiving others. As Russian scholar Kozlov states, the food in society expresses symbolic meaning between not- notions such as uh, natural and cultural human and divan his and others. Even uh, the scholars, world scholars uh, involved in food discourse studies, they divide our world in eatable and uneatable worlds. And everything, every uh, our uh, projects directs uh, way to eatable world. They think so. So, um, you know the Jewish proverb Tell me what you eat, and I will tell you who you are. And mm-hmm. uh, glottanic discourse research helps to enclose intercultural communication and uh, to know more closely the language you are learning or you are learning. Yes. Uh, at the beginning of my lecture, let's uh, start is in simple. Let's simplify it and talk about some daily conversational. Um, this is a map of uzbekistan uh gastronomic map of uzbekistan and uh, you know uzbek culture has its very ancient traditions and uh uzbek uh, chefs and uh, wives housewives try to keep our ancient recipes not adding the modern ingredients for our ancient recipes and i very respect our cuisine because it attracts many tourists and i haven't heard any tourists that are tasting our food said, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, d- uh, let's at the beginning of our lecture talk about this food. You know, it's the king food of Uzbek national cuisine, osh and pilaf. You may call it osh or pilaf. And uh, it's uh, the ingredients of pilaf, meat, rice, Onion, carrot, but it's not the meat and rice. It's just part of our culture. Uzbek people are deeply connected with this food. With, we can't imagine our life without this food. Even we have proverbs: if if the food must kill us, let it be osh. <laughs> so eat osh t- until you die. It's like joke. So and. Uh, uh, every Uzbek uh, mothers teach their daughters from their early age, 12 or 13 years, the tools of cooking. Here I'm teaching my elder and younger daughter. She's helping um, cutting carrots. And the elder one, I'm uh, sharing the secrets of stewing process because uh, the difficultness of stewing process, If you, uh, you may spoil the meal if you don't have the... T- uh, time where it should be steward and uh, until the daughters reach the 17th or 19th years we don't let them to cook this king meal because if uh, it is the meal of uh, Sunday gathering and if the ocean will be spoiled it influence in family mood and you break the um, this event you know uh, but why we uh, begin so early uh, Share our cooking tools uh, for our uh, with our daughters because the first food that uh, Uzbek girl will be asked by husband's family when she gets married uh, to cook is osh, and if daughter-in-law will cook osh perfectly, each family members will respect her and uh, will praise her culinary skills. And she, they say, oh, we have good daughter-in-law if she cooks Osh. If she spoils Osh and turns into another food, Uzbek national food shavla, she, uh, it considers that uh, she is not good in cooking. And it's uh, the most uh, important feature of Uzbek woman to cook Osh best, better, yeah? So... Um, Osh is the main dish in many of Muslim circumcision ceremonies, wedding parties, uh, Osh is traditional dish at family gatherings and is uh, only w- one Uzbek national dish Osh can be mean the food that's prepared in a wedding party and funeral party you know so here uh, let's analyze some conversations having perfect dictionary. Knowing Uzbek language, you can't understand some contexts with, related to this food when y- you are in Uzbekistan. Bugün akmal Akaning osh t- If we translate it word for word, it means that today is akmal Akas osh. It, it seems meaningless. Here, osh uses a uh, metonymy. And it means that Akmalaka died 20 days ago, and his children are giving funeral party with this meal. And we call this party Osh. And next example, Akmalaka kzige Osh beriyat kerekan. Word-for-word translation is, today Akmalaka is giving Osh or feeding his daughter. It's also meaningless, and you can't understand uh, the meaning of this context. It means that the Akmalakas' daughter is getting married, and today's engagement party was this uh, main meal. And Akmal um, bugun oshda We haven't seen you on osh. It doesn't mean that you, someone, must be on the plate. <laughs> it means that he uh, missed the friendship gathering in Chaihana, Usually, Uzbek uh, guys gather in Chaihana and they cook osh once a week, and this is uh, this communication process uh, during the cooking OSH and they cook it themselves they cut carrots, meat, and they talk each other, they discuss some projects, and uh, it includes their uh, group, so this uh, gathering calls also OSH, so uh, you weren't in this uh, gathering it means, this sentence means like this, so next we have another joke, a uh, private joke. Uh, it goes to ancient uh, history, to Avicina. You know this Avicenna. He was a Herbian in Central Asia, and he, in his uh, book, Canyon of Medicine, uh, treated his patients, uh, asked them to cook this meal as a treatment for uh, t- treat the man's health, man's potential, and ask it, eat or should they stay and be together with their wives. And in, even in Muslim traditions, if the g- m- woman gets pregnant in Thursday evening, the child will be clever and holy Muslim boy or girl. That's why uh, we have joke now between, it's private joke between husband and wives, not any man and woman in the street, just husband and wives. If the Uzbek man is um, eating soup and saying, why, why haven't, uh, today is Saturday, why uh, haven't you cooked osh? It means he didn't like, uh, it doesn't mean that he didn't like the soup. He just hinting some meeting in the bed. <laughs> bedroom like this. When I was a child, I didn't understand when my father hinted to my mom, but it was first joke when, uh, that I have heard from my husband when I got married. <laughs> so uh, let's be, uh, turn to some scientific part of our lecture, this um, why glutonic discourse in literature in modern linguistics, the discourse analysis became very popular. Glutanic discourse was presented by American and Russian scholars, researchers, and stated that the root of the word glutani was taken from French word glutania and Latin and Gula Middle English glutera, which means throat or off. Glutanic discourse includes all verbal and non-verbal processes. Uh, processes uh, from getting food to delivering. In glutonic discourse analysis of a language, the research of fiction plays an important role because various contexts related to the glutonic discourse can be found in narration. If we consider that the classical work or uh, modern novel is one history of one of several fates, and uh, then it's not difficult to imagine that Uh, any historical period under the narration is composed of many and many events connected with food and eating processes. If the description of food and eating processes in fiction is analyzed conceptually, it's possible to imagine vividly about the culture of certain nation, its life manners, traditions, mentality, and morality. Researching them and finding optimal ways for rendering source context into target receptors helps to enclose intercultural communication between nations. So uh, let's turn to analysis. Uh, As stated by American scholar David Jonathan, food and related traditions, all things and events cause the development of diverse associations in the mind of diverse uh, writers different writers. Food is felt not only by its taste of flower, but uh, also by other aspects. Imaginations about food in literature may reveal themselves as, as association source, sources to have penetrated deeply into the root of any nation's memory. So uh, let's announce enal- uh, this uh, context taken from Uzbek national writer Chulpan's novel, uh, night and day. Pumpkin pasty or pumpkin pie, pumpkin pie. Again, pumpkin uh, pasty. May Allah cure poverty. And um, to translate this context into English, for the first translator, needed some extra linguistic knowledge bec- uh, about. Uzbek people's lifestyle and their uh, tastes. Uzbek pe- nation is very meataholic. They love meat very much, and uh, using the pumpkin pie uh, every day. Eating pumpkin pie it means uh, this family status um, is not high, and they can't afford meat, and. Uh, uh, That's why uh, in this uh, novel, protagonist is uh, saying that he fed up with pumpkin pasties. In this novel, pumpkin pasty comes as uh, hinting for his status, the status of this protagonist. And uh, if we translate this novel into English, it's not considered that pumpkin pasty is a food for poor people. And the meaning which is given by author can be lost in this case, because uh, here I have some example from Harry Potter and Philosophy Stone. Harry Potter gets on the Express Express train to Hogwarts. On the uh, the way, he buys tasty pumpkin pasties, which are traditional meal of witches. The pumpkin pasties are averagely spicy. On the train, he offers pumpkin pasties to his new friend, Ron. Ron's family cannot afford sweets because they are poor. In one language, the pumpkin pasty is considered the food of poor people. And in second language, It's considered as a dessert for upper lawyer status population. Yes, people. And um, here there is another uh, confusing translating the name of foods. For example, in Uzbek dictionary, the word samsa is given by the word pie. But if we translate it uh, like pumpkin pie, US people can understand this one. Yes, and. coming uh, to Wisconsin. I have tested Wisconsin pie. It looks like this, but uh, when we say pumpkin pie, you can understand this one. So the corresponding variant for this translation is, I think, pasty. Uh, It's it's an equivalent for pumpkin pasty or uh, meat pasty in this case. So in um, I think in this situation, there is some need for footnotes and explanation that um, meets the sign of well-being in Uzbek families and always making uh, they don't like pu- everyday pumpkin pasty. And this, uh, it mustn't be so long description. We can make some explicit translation. Yes, here. So next example. Um, Expre- it's also expressing the social status and the negative characters of heroes through a description of food and eating in Uzbek literature. In uh, Uzbek and related nations' literature, there are also many contexts uh, with rich with description of food. So it has not improved and reached the level of specific style like in European literature, emphasizing the social status of personages through food and descriptions is often found in the works narrating uh, particularly uh, the events of war years in our literature uh, here i g- i have some example from book toils of wars by utkar hoshimov so Pay attention to the context. After a moment, my sister and brother sat gathering at the table. There was a half spoon of grind bread, hardly enough for each of them or not. Then came my father, mother, came out of kitchen with plate of steaming steaming beets. The beet is a sweet thing, but if you eat it every day, you will be sick and tired of it. Nothing can replace bread. Uh, This novel, um, uh, about the time after the war and when the war was going, the second war, I mean. Second World War. So here, reading the context, uh, Uzbek receptor feel bad in his heart because of they are eating grind bread. And in order to feed all family members, mother, uh, doesn't let uh, let her child to eat uh, newly baked bread. She just dry it, then make grind bread, adding some sugar, and it helps uh, to feed all family family members. And uh, she matches it with beets. Um, being Uzbek, we we can say that. This situation is very poor and it, it can uh, help, our, it, uh, help us to imagine the real social s- situation in world war period, but uh, it can mean nothing for foreign readers. Because uh, beet uh, in our days uses for salads and uh, in some cases for uh, f- feeding animals. Because in my mother-in-law's family, my father-in-law usually grow up uh, uh, bits for feeding cows, and not for it. It's not food for eating uh, by ma- uh, people, uh, men. Yeah, that's why um, here also uh, I think it, the expressiveness of the text can be lost when it, we translate it word for word into English and it also requires some explanationary notes here. So, next situation. Um, in the novel of Starry Nights by Primkul Qadirov, the author, it, it was taken from <laughs> <laughs> another movie, I couldn't <laughs> find uh, possible <laughs> pictures <laughs> and uh, yes, Muftasham is <laughs> here, yes. Uh, in the novel of Sterling Nights by Primkul Qadirov, the author depicts the uh, process of having down breakfast in Shah's family. Since Fatima, uh, this novel about the life of Babur Mirza, you know Babur Mirza? That was, uh, among, uh, in Europe, uh, they call Mongol imperial um, our representative historic person. Uh, he, um, this novel about the Babur Mirza's life and Umar Shah Mirza is his father. Since Fatima Sultan is the eldest and most respectful among wives, Umar Shah Mirza, the king, uh, the Shah, offers her first to the uh, first the top of seat from this courtesy fatima sultan's eyes sparkle with joy when she wants to Mm -hmm. occupy the seat on the right Umar Shah mirza indicates her the seat on the left the shah offers the most respectful seat on the right to his wife Nigar khanam since Nigar khanam is the mother of here of the crown, all young wives approve her seat on the right, as fair as and uh, just. Uh, it was only Fatima Sultan who is uh, displaced and anyways, as she considers her stats too higher. Here we want to pay attention to the description of eating process. Fatima edi. At the table, the dear kebab, piece and meat are uh, first served to the honorable Shah and then and after to Fatima Sultan For this reason, the best meat to melt in the mouth seems to Fatima Sultan as vomit and tasteless meal. And reading this context, you can't understand why so luxurious food seems to Fatima Sultan so tasteless. In uh, Muslim eating uh, habits, um, the most respectful person replaces on the right of and uh, the serving process goes on from the right place, and it doesn't matter uh, does Fatima Shul, uh, Sultan sits on the uh, near the Shah, the, everything goes from right place to Fatima Sultan at the end. At they all uh, um, the servants serve dishes uh, meals from right to the left, and that's why being the elder wife, he feels. Uh, bad and uh, jealous that uh, the more younger wife uh, sits on the right place of the shah. And here also, we need some um, descript- uh, footnotes, I think. So, next. Uh, historical reality, glottanic discourse, and problem of untranslatability. In literary works, the gluttonic discourse serves for readers uh, to comprehend more clearly historical events through their sensuous organs. In each fiction, it's natural t- the characters of the work join in gluttonic communication. During the glutonic communication, there will be some uh, paraverbal situations that is it's not um, easy to understand. Here we can meet some of them. In his book, Balance, Uzbek modern writer Ulobek Hamdan, uh, describes her fertile riots of the society and its member, Yusuf, under the conditions of social economic crisis. This book uh, uh, describes the situation uh, in 1990 when Soviet Union broke and it was economic crisis at that time. And with the help of glutonic situations, uh, writer tries to uh, express the real political and social situation of that time. So uh, for example, when the personage of the book Yusuf came back to his village from the city, the following situation was described. Uh, when all were sitting around the tablecloth and praying was recited, then Mazur Halima Halima Ayah got up uh, and brought bread and tea. She handed Elbek a handful of walnuts uh, saying, Son, go break break them and bring back. And she sat on her knees and started breaking a flat bread into pieces. Yusuf got sugar and cheese out of his bag and put them on the clothes. Odellaka, thought being uh, on his usual place, was sitting not, was sitting, not leaning at his side as before, but bending and pulling his knees to himself as closely as possible. You know, in Uzbek tradition, people usually uh, sit uh, in this surah, we call it surah, and uh, in this case, Uh, In this passage, it's possible to note three cases regarding uh, the glutonic discourse. First, the description of breakfasting view of a village family peculiar to 19th of previous century. A handful of walnut, bread and tea and nothing else. Their child is coming back to home after many years and they are meeting him but cannot... uh, put uh, their uh, sweet or delicious dishes. And that's why his father uh, is feeling bad himself, and uh, he's not laying like this. Usually Uzbek fathers lay and talk to their family among the eating like this. Third one is the bag of a guy who came from city, the food he used to eat, sugar and cheese. It means that uh, in the city, there was the situation was a little bit better than in the village. Uh, the uncomfortable sitting state of Odal who could not meet his son appropriately well. But uh, English reader can understand it because Uh, Because of lack of information, traditional Uzbek breakfast. If it would be good times, Mother Halima can put some uh, fruits, pancakes, everything. Because uh, her child is coming uh, back to home uh, after many, many years. But she can't afford him with with, uh, good breakfast. That's why his husband is feeling bad himself. And uh, here, in this is a situation, Odalakya felt discomfort. And, um, sorry. Uh, so, as a result, Odalakya would have said, uh, Comfortable if Halima uh, Aya could have laid the tablecloth with full of cotton fl- flour bowl, cream, homemade butter, fresh dried fruits, sweets, raisins, boiled eggs, rocky sugars, and other stuff. Uh, as a result of this gluttony communication, Odelaka felt discomfort before his son watching this nonverbal communication because there wasn't any uh, description why he is. Feeling discomfort is because it's familiar to Uzbek readers. We can understand this situation. And Khalima uh, Ayat, the mother of Yusuf, begin uh, she begins uh, commenting this situation. شهارلار سزار بولسلارۇ ئامما قوشلاقتا چىقىمپا بولدى. Khalima Ayat gulyo irning unga isizligi ge zop pereb g'oyalat pastlikdan chiqarmaq chubolganda keypardı. You know, it's better. In the city, you know, it's better in the city, but in the village, it's getting more difficult, commented Halima Aya on the dissatisfaction of her husband. She attempted to make her husband feel more comfortable don't be displaced we are not strangers here said Yusuf with irritation trying to put an end to all discomfort which was affecting him too even he began feeling discomfort himself from this situation but this situation is unfamiliar for foreign readers if we look uh, Add it more attentively, a handful of uh, walnut bread and tea as well as the cheese and sugar brought by Yusuf were causing covered discomfort to the participants of gluttonic communication, which was the reason why Maza Halima compared the food situations in the city and village uh, and accordingly had to comment on the discomfort taking place in the spirit of the communication participants. Uh, um, the following context, uh, the present gluttonic discourse serves to make com- a complete imagination about conditions under which Yusuf's parents are making their life today. Uh, for example, the next situation. So. He said, long, another example, he said long, uh, long sharing moans and groans with his father. Meanwhile, the main meal was prepared. Ha- Mother Halema picked up leftover bread pieces, and then she brought and put on the tablecloth hot potato pilaf, pilaf osh, time was presented, hot potato pilaf, instead of meat pilaf. Yusuf regretted uh, that on the way he hadn't bought a kilogram of meat. In that case, he remembered he wouldn't have enough road fare for returning back, and inside he felt sad and sorrow. Here, the words potato pilaf means that they have no meat at home, and they uh, they are in low uh, situation, social situation here. and. Uh, usually in uzbek families we make pilaf with meat and never use potato for pilaf lamb and okay. beef so if potato pilaf in, instead of meat pilaf served by uh, mother it was considered as a maker of social condition of today's family yusuf, yusuf said and sorrow state suffering meant that he couldn't buy meat for lack of, of enough money for return road fare. And in addition, it hints that that time Mint was expensive in the city, meat was expensive in the city because he couldn't buy meat. If he bought meat, he can't have some money for going back. And he's feeling uncomfortable from this situation. Because uh, Uzbek really has undergo both uh, so. Surely this context wouldn't cause any misunderstanding to an Uzbek reader because Uzbek reader has undergone both periods of abundant food and poverty. The gluttonic substance's names used by the author will create real associations regarding those historical periods in the mind of a reader. He will fully perceive the glutonic discourse specific to his language and be affected but foreign reader may have uh, some difficulties to comprehend the hints relating the social status of Yusuf's parents who live in the village this can be explained by the following specific reasons being unaware of Uzbek family's breakfast table abundance of food no matter who uh, Uzbek family's guest is whether his child or stranger the host has the culture uh, to put on the table what foods are available in the family. The presupposition is that on the tablecloth there are always bread, tea, and handful of walnuts. It's determined that Uzbek, uh, ne- Uzbeks are the nations who like meat, as I said before. So, uh, next situation. Here also used the name of uh, food. Uh, also, it will, uh, it makes some hinting for uh, emphasizing the social status of another family, another Yusuf's relatives. They also invited him as a guest, but they uh, made uh, bread pilaf. The bread pilaf. The word bread pilaf means they are. Uh, Their situation is more poor than Yusuf's parents because they can't make pilaf from rice. They made it from bread, you know? And uh, this word also means nothing for foreign readers, but only the word of food uh, can make some uh, pragmatic associations in Uzbek readers' mind. In some novels, the authors use uh, to describe the negativeness of the protagonists with the help of food. Here, uh, the novel—it's also famous novel—and uh, here the was described the you know uh, rich man and uh, the author is comparing his face with the manta. It's very delicious food, <laughs> but the oilness. Uh, <laughs> it's too oily and uh, to emphasize the negative pro- uh, portrait of his protagonists he uses uh, the food discourse here i will read the translation only at a time when maryakov stared at mingboshi's face mingboshi is nobleman uh, who takes pleasure from drunkenness. a full plate of mantle made rolled in dough came from inside of court and put in the middle of te- table as if he saw his dear friend, Miryakob, look drunkly at petty mante, often served with much yogurt and raising his eyes from the plate, he looked at Mingoshi's face. <coughs> at that time, he couldn't, couldn't see any difference between a plateful mante and the face bending towards the plate. Uh, both were so fatty. So it's Night and Day by Chulpan also. But that novel. In another example, his detective novel uh, about cri- criminal groups uh, also described the period of 1990. And here, the author used it uh, to describe negative emotion of this the member of criminal group, Kis- Kisak Palwon, um, with the process of his eating some onomatopoeias that he is making during the eating process. He is eating, he is emphasizing negative emotions. He hates his eating and his voice is here. And also he uses the food discourse as uh, for um, emphasizing negative emotions. For example, Kisek Palwan took in his hand the bowl of full of cream dipped with bread. In 10 minutes, he will be at home. I am hungry. You don't groan on The boy's hair dreadful hasn't fallen yet. Asadbek insulted him using all uh, fucking words. Hearing such insults, his face has grown callous. Kisak was eating pieces of bread, uh, dipped in cream and noisily drinking tea. Asadbek calmed down a little. Today's cream wouldn't uh, be from this world. Uh, do help yourself, since I began wearing trousers, I have tasted su- such such tasty cream. He said, even a dog sees you eating with such slashing noise; it will uh, vomit. When on the earth will you learn eating like a man? It's uh, the conversation between the members of criminalistic group <laughs> with negative emotions. So. In this example, uh, Fergana, it's another uh, novel, Fergana is Until Dawn by Mirza Kalon Ismaili. Here, the gluttonic discourse uh, uses is uh, with the description of uh, the national meal. Here, the the girl, uh, the hero of this novel, girl La Barhan, gets uh, ill and uh, her life was under the danger, but uh, their family was too poor and uh, only feeling about, uh, thinking about delicious food helps here in this situation. And also uses here the food context as a uh, dreaming about beautiful life, dreaming about uh, hoping to get uh, health here, for example. mm granny did daddy bring bread give me a little uh, where should i get uh, should he get bread my darling he brought only good news this also the period of uh, after first world war that's why we are happy said Mummy. the good news couldn't fit you the girl who raised her head with hope put it back on the pillow her eyes uh, which sparkled with hope of breath closed sadly. again ardol. leftover left over it's uh, the main description leftover water run from sour milk again umoch corn soap again atala flower soap the writer describes the girl's feelings realistically you couldn't eat the good news because her father only brings good news but not bread. Only some food could be balm for her. We'll have water run to our village, State Hokim. we'll do farming too, we'll quiet gardening, we'll plant much, much me- uh, wet corn, beans, beets, we'll plant melon, watermelon. Matkawul was happy. Satambul Bue, Matkawul's uh, mother, the lobercon's granny, uh, was uh, smiling happily. The sea wa- girl was also glad, happily, to imagine hot wheat bread with ple- uh, pleasant flour newly baked in Tandor uh, national oven. All were getting glad, happy, and were laughing happily, not concealing their joy. All were laughing joyfully uh, as if their dark shabby house would be filled with wet today. But they are thinking about long future, but they are happy today thinking about the, this tasteful food. Uh, as if fatty meat soup would be boiling on their oven, which rarely had uh, a pan on it. To think only about tasty food would be able to raise the mood of poor family and put on lights of hope on their hearts under such difficult circumstances. Uh, circumstances. The girl lying in the corner hardly sighted, Daddy, shall we plant cotton too, her father asked with surprise, why are you asking, daughter? The girl was lying face down, and closing her eyes, whispered, we have no beddings. Yes, yes, darling, we shall plant for sure, said his father, understanding her daughter's pains. If we don't, uh, if we don't, who should? Uh, my honey, uh, so we we shall plant lopakhon. We shall plant. You will pick your granny will pick your brothers will get, pick and we will pick cotton. We'll make our beddings too. Well then, what else we will plant? Wait, uh, you will bake hot hot bread. Make ugras uh, handmade noodles noodles, mantis, samsa, matkaul uttered the name of delicious food, not only to calm down his only daughter, but to get pleasure by enlisting the name of the tasty food himself too. However, he wouldn't uh, go further to water his mouth by reminding of a and stop it, uh, at samsa. What shouldn't power to cause men do? In order to understand the poor state of Matkowal, you should be in Matkowal's shoes. In order to understand the children's sufferings, you were only uh, one of, you were only one of these unhappy children. Like Western writers, the author uses diverse details in describing this process leading to happiness until he arrives. At the culmination point, to feel the pleasure of food. Uh, At the end of this uh, story, uh, they will make shilpuldov, but they don't have oil at home. They got some flour, but uh, if there is not oil, uh, they can't cook it. Uh, Then um, uh, the. Saltambu asks some neighbor, and when she got to neighbor's house, girl, that sick girl, uh, fell and prays to God, and everything uh, will be uh, happened uh, like a great miracle if she got some oil. And then they prepared the dog and the process of cooking and their eating were described very delicious in this uh, novel. So, my conclusion is. Since we are analyzing uh, the platonic discourse in Uzbek literature, we witness that the description of food in different times has been used to express the following means. During the Hannes period or historical, a symbol of wealth and well-being and hate of the poor people. Um, in works uh, narrating the events of Second World War, non-realizable dream, hope from good days. In modern literature, negative emotional description of negative character or some hinting for social status. Uh, so uh, the saying of uh, we have the saying of Avasina: uh, I don't live for eating, just eat to live, absorbed deeply in Uzbek literature roots. Uh, Uzbek people love eating, but in literature, they hate eating. It's antinomy like this. Uh, in practically, we love eating. We love, um, uh, hosp- We are very hospitable, uh, nation. We make uh, different foods, big, big weddings with uh, 600 of guests. But in Uzbek literature, you can't find uh, delicious descriptions or uh, some emotional or stylistical descriptions of food like European literature. It's a difference between Uzbek and uh, European food situations, food discourse. So I think uh, for translating the food discourse from Uzbek literature into English or other languages, translators should have some background knowledge about uh, all food situations, habits, the recipes of the food, and uh, what does it mean, the food for poor people or for rich people and uh, give some footnotes and explanations, maybe at the end of the paper or at the end of the book, or make some explicational translations. So that was the end of my presentation. (laughs)